Amen? But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Amen? Let us pray. Father, we praise you. You are just magnificent. Today I got to catch a glimpse of a beautiful sunrise. And Father, it just reminded me of how big you are and how my problems are such an easy fix to such a big God. Father, people need to grasp that today. Father, so many times we, um, we get so consumed with the issues that we have in life that we forget you are all-powerful and we just need to turn it over to you. Father, I'm doing that right now in this moment. Um, this sermon that you have prepared for me, this series that you've prepared for us to preach on over the next few weeks um, has been something that... Um, been hard to grasp, a little hard to understand. But Father, one thing I've learned is sometimes crazy faith is not about understanding and it's just taking that step that you tell us to take. So Father, in this moment, I'm asking that you anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Take all distractions, lack of courage, pride father take all that away from me today and replace it with your courage your boldness today for this message and most importantly father your love ask these things in your name help us to love laugh and forgive amen i do want to say thank all of y'all i only had two text messages and one person say something about the cowboys to me in the last week Y'all know your pastor well. Took me a week to get over that. Last Sunday, I discussed uh, how on vacation a few weeks ago, guys, God told me that we, Christian Warriors Church, have three years to prepare for major growth. Um, I need you guys to catch that. He didn't just say growth, guys. I, I stressed this last week. He said major growth over the next three years. Today's title is Major Growth. Through this whole uh, series that he has us preaching through the book of Acts, that's going to be your title from here on out. Guys, God wants to use this church in a major way, but it's up to us to step up and accept the challenge. Amen? God has shown me a vision of how this major growth will take place. And last week, he had me take the first step by telling you guys that he needed your help. Last Sunday, we talked about how currently we just, uh, just with the growth that we've seen to date here at the church, we have always lacked the volunteers and service to accomplish the growth he has planned for us that's coming up. The largest area of need we have always had at this church has been servers to help in the children's ministry, but I am so excited to say that after last Sunday, we have 13 people sign up to help the children's ministry. Yeah. 
for those of y'all that signed up, and I mean this, thank you very much. I promise you, you don't know the difference that you can make in a kid's life right here at this church. And again, it's not about teaching to them, and so it's just loving on them. It's just loving on them. You know, guys, I need y'all to understand something. When you're trying to build God's kingdom, when all else fails, just love on somebody. God is love, amen? Just, just love on them, and, and they'll see God through that process. I promise you that. I feel we'll even have more this week because I told you guys to take them home and pray over them. Uh, and again, all of those different serving areas, I have no doubt they will be filled up by the time that God wants it done to where we can start moving into this major growth that he has for our church. The next step God has told me to take is to preach a series on the book of Acts. Each week through this series, God's, uh, with God's direction, I'll reveal to you guys everything he has told me that we need to do as a church to again, accomplish this growth. Uh, also through this series, we will learn the true role of what God's church is supposed to look like and most importantly, perform like. Okay? I want to start with a quick introduction of Acts. For those of you who aren't as, as familiar with that book, the author of the book of Acts is Luke. This is the same Luke that wrote the Gospel of Luke. Okay? He wrote this book as a sequel to the gospel that he, that he wrote. This book is entitled Acts because it's known as the Acts of the Apostles. Uh, this book gives us an eyewitness account of the birth and growth of the first church of Jesus Christ. Beginning first in Jerusalem with a small group of disciples, and then the message of Jesus Christ traveled all across the Roman Empire. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, this courageous group of disciples taught, healed, and demonstrated God's love everywhere they went. And because of this, because of this, the love that they poured out, many churches were planted and countless lives were changed. The book of Acts gives us the outline of how churches should function, who should lead them, and how they should operate. As we go through this series... I want you guys to put yourself in the shoes of these disciples. From the very beginning when they were anointed by the Holy Spirit, we'll go over that, and then seeing thousands respond to the message of Jesus Christ. I want you to take notice of their commitment as they gave everything they had, all their time, talents, and treasures in order to grow God's kingdom, catch this word, in a major way. Let's go to Acts 1.1. In my first book, Gospel of Luke, I told uh, Theophilus, which are Christians, okay, I need y'all to know, that's what that word means. It's just, it's us. It's the family of, of Christ, amen? About everything Jesus began to do and teach. This is the very first verse of the book of Acts, and the first word that you need to notice is began. The reason this word is so important, guys, is because we need to understand the work of Jesus Christ is not finished. It's not finished. He began it. He works through us, guys, and, and that's the thing that you need to understand. He began the work. We need to help him finish it. We as a church cannot sit back and wait on Jesus to return and finish this work. Last week I talked about this, how we can't wait on God's movement. We need to be God's movement. Amen? But in order for us to do this, we need help. And that help comes from the Holy Spirit. I want to go back to the verse we read to start this sermon, guys. Let's go look at Acts 1.8. But 
you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the end of the earth. The ends of the earth. So right here, Jesus is promising us the anointment and help of the Holy Spirit. That happens later uh, in chapter 2, which we're going to talk about next week for a little bit. Uh, but today, here in chapter 1, there are some very important scriptures, guys, that pertain to the vision God gave our church that we have got to look at today. Bless you. After Jesus tells of the arrival of the Holy Spirit, he ascends to heaven and the disciples went back to Jerusalem. Uh, while they were together, Peter said that <clears throat> they needed to find a replacement for Judas, okay, who had betrayed Jesus and killed himself because of the guilt. So now we're going to go over to Acts 21-22. Acts 1, 21-22. So now, this is Peter speaking. So now we must choose a replacement for Judas from among the men who were with us the entire time we were traveling with the Lord Jesus. From the time he was baptized by John until the day he was taken from us. Whoever is chosen will join us as a witness of Jesus' resurrection. Notice those two words, entire time. Peter and the disciples didn't choose a new believer, guys. And as a church, we should always follow this example. This is a great example that they set. And here's why that is. You, you, you don't. A lot of this we're going to talk about today is, is leadership, okay? That's pretty much the entire sermon that we're going to talk about today. And the one thing that you never want to do, in fact, uh, in 1 Timothy chapter 3, it talks about the characteristics that someone must have to be a pastor or an elder at a church. And one of them says it cannot be a new believer. And that's the example that these disciples, Peter and the disciples, are setting here. They didn't want to put somebody in place that didn't have a long-standing relationship with Jesus Christ. And I want y'all to think about it. It only makes sense, right? I mean, if you're, you're going to go have surgery, okay, you ain't going to choose somebody that, that has only been in, in, in what do you, medical school for a year, right? That's not, that's not much education. That's not much of a relationship there, okay? So, so you want somebody that has been through medical school, that has performed multiple surgeries, and has been successful in multiple surgeries. <laughs> Am I right? Yes. Picking a leader in your church, there's no difference there. You want somebody that has had a relationship with Jesus Christ, who has lived life, who has been through the struggles. That's why they pick somebody that's not a new Christian. A big reason why I bring this up, and we're going to talk about this a little later on, is if you just started coming to this church, if you really just started your walk, and you're thinking, but I got the gift of leadership, it's going to take some time. Well, I'm not going to just throw you in there. I'm not stupid. It's going to take some time. But here's the thing, guys. You keep sticking it out. I promise you, if God called you to this church, your time will come. You just have to be patient and do it in his timing. Amen? Amen. They also didn't choose the most popular person to follow, uh, that, who followed Jesus with them as well, guys. They didn't pick the most popular. And the, and the reason I bring that up, there's a lot of churches that do this. 
There's a lot of churches that, you know, oh, that, that guy's got a business in town. Everybody knows him. Let's put him in a leadership role so our church will grow. People will see him, and they know he's cool and so forth, and they'll want him around, right? That's, that's not good. And it happens in churches today, guys. The other thing I want you to notice is they didn't choose the person that donated the most money to the ministry. Unfortunately, we have churches that do that as well. Because they feel like if they don't, it might hurt the pocketbook. Most of y'all, in fact, y'all been here a long time. Y'all know how I feel about the money situation. So we're just going to go right past that. We don't talk about it much here. God has always supplied what we needed. We don't even have to talk about it. Amen? Amen. Instead, guys, the disciples set again a great example because they didn't choose these new leaders for position, so forth. What they did was they chose the people who had a strong relationship with God. That entire time, guys, that's up here, I need y'all to understand, it says here from the time that Jesus was baptized by John. So in other words, these people that they chose had been there since the beginning. They had a strong relationship. They understood the ministry of Jesus Christ. Let's continue. Let's go look at verses 23 through 25. So they nominated two men, Joseph and Matthias. Then they all prayed, O Lord, you know every heart. Show us which one of these men you, you have chosen as an apostle to replace Judas in this ministry. For he has deserted us and gone where he belongs. Okay. There are three main points you need to get from these verses right here, guys. The first one is I want you to notice when choosing a new leader, the first thing that these disciples did was they prayed. Church leaders should always pray before making any decision when it comes to leadership. In fact, any decision, period, that involves their church. Any decision. I don't care if it's down to, you know, well, i just give you an example, all right, man, listen, I was sitting back here earlier, this, this study back here, by the way, there's no heater back here, it's cold, it's an ice box, and I'm literally sitting there, I got my jacket on and my gloves on, because it's cold, and I'm sitting back here, and I'm trying to get ready for the sermon, I can't think straight, because I'm freezing dead, got snot running down my nose and everything else, and then all of a sudden, it hit me, it was like, you should pray about getting a heater. <laughs> so I prayed, and it was real funny. You, you know, everybody has a different type of relationship with God, but this is how mine worked. I started to pray, and he said, get the heater, you idiot. <laughs> so I immediately texted the elders. But all kidding aside, I'm not kidding when I say this. I prayed about buying a little space heater for back and here's the cool part. I didn't have to. We already had one. My, my father-in-law, the elder here at church, Mark Wilson, went and grabbed it for me and brought it in there. Thank you, Mark. Highly appreciate that. Yeah, amen. She said, look at God. See, that's how I love watching him work. Didn't have to go buy a dang hater. That's right. Church leaders, again, guys, they always have to pray before they put somebody in a leadership role. The second thing that we need to notice here, guys, is the word heart. Good heart. One of the things that we have to look at when picking out leadership at the church, 
And guys, I need, when I'm talking about leadership, I'm not just talking about pastors and elders and deacons. I mean, we're talking about people that are worship leaders, youth pastors. We're talking about people that are over hospitality, over the security team, all these different things. The one thing I want to look at is what's their heart like? How are they living life? How are they helping others? And here's a big one. It's going to hurt a few of you. How's your family life? It's a big, important piece of picking out leadership in a church. How's your family life? I had an old pastor tell me one time, we were looking around at different churches trying to figure out where we wanted to go and so forth. We were leaving one, and we, I talked to this pastor, and he looked at me and said, the main thing you need to do when you go in there is find the pastor's wife. Find their kids. If their kids are psycho and acting crazy and the wife is upset, you probably don't need to go to that church. Just being honest. It's the same way when we pick out leadership, guys. It's very important to us that people have their family life right. The third thing that we need to notice from the scriptures, guys, is they left the decision up to God. Show us which of these men you have chosen. When picking new leaders for positions in the church, guys, the church leaders should always get God's confirmation on who he wants to fill those positions, not who they think it should be. Right now, guys, I need you to understand, I really need you to pay attention to the verses that are about to come up. Um, this next verse that we're about to read has a huge role in the vision God has for this church over the next three years. Do I have your attention? Christian head nods. Love it when y'all do that. Let's look at verse 26. Then they cast lots, and Matthias was selected to become an apostle with the other 11. Now some of y'all are like, Michael, why is that such a big deal? The main person that God showed me that he wants you guys, the con this, this congregation, this church, the main person that he wants you to look at and take something from is not Matthias. It's not Matthias. Not the one who was chosen by the disciples to replace Judas. But instead it's Joseph. Joseph, who was not chosen for this leadership role. Even though, guys, yeah, did you catch this? Joseph was worthy. He was not chosen, but he was worthy. I'm going to explain that. We know he was worthy, guys, because remember, he was with Jesus the entire time. He had a close relationship with Jesus. He had a personal relationship with Jesus. We know that he was worthy because out of the followers of Jesus at that time, which were between 100 and 150 people, the disciples were trying to decide between him and only one other person, and that was Matthias. Worthy, but not chosen. A lot of people in this position would get upset, sulk, and maybe even leave the church. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
But instead of getting upset and leaving the church, guys, Joseph stayed. He stayed. Instead of being jealous of Matthias and upset with the disciples or these leaders of this congregation for not choosing him, he honored their decision and he supported Matthias. Jealousy can destroy a church, guys. I've seen it. I've watched it from my own eyes destroy churches. I've literally watched a church close down because of jealousy and somebody seeking power and wanted it over another. And it destroyed a church. We find out later on, if you read the history books, and I had to go study on this quite a bit, Joseph stays, was not upset. I'm sure he was a little upset, right? I mean, that's our flesh. It's okay to be a little upset. You didn't, get, you didn't get picked. I get it. That's fine. You'd be a little upset. If I was Joseph, I'd be a little upset. But one thing that I do know about me is I'm a team player for God's kingdom. And if I don't get chose for something, that just means he's got a different plan for me in place in that church. We find out later in history that Joseph stayed with them, continued to learn, continued to grow, became a great mentor, and then at one point actually pastored one of the churches that were planted right after that. He may not have gotten the leadership role that he thought he was supposed to have, but he got the leadership role that God knew he was supposed to have. Joseph sets an amazing example of how this needs to be. Guys, if you're called to this church, God has a role for you here. It may not be in leadership, but that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're all one team. Over the next three years, guys, God has shown me that we will be appointing new leadership positions at this church. Some of you will be chosen for these positions and some of you will not. But what you need to understand is you have pastors and elders here at Christian Warriors Church that will not choose who they want to choose for these positions. We will choose who God appoints for these positions. And you need to think about that if you don't get the position. You need to understand that's not our choice. We're going to follow whatever the Holy Spirit tells us to do at this church, and that's what we've done for four years, and I think if you look around, you realize it's worked. And it's nothing we've done. All we've done is follow his direction. We've been submissive to him this entire time, and that's not going to change here. So when you get upset because you didn't get a position, remember that. You're not getting mad at us. You get mad at the CEO. And that ain't Micah. And I'm glad to say that. Amen? I don't want that kind of pressure. Don't let your pride and jealousy get in the way, guys. Selfishness, you've you got to keep that apart from the church. Um, I want you all to be a part of something special. And we don't have room for pride and selfishness. 
I'm just going to be honest with you. Now, we, we can handle a little bit of it so we can teach you, but if you continue to be that way, I ain't got time for that. Guys, that's a distraction, and you never need to be a distraction. You need to be a disciple, no matter what that looks like. No matter if you're working the parking lot, you're working security, you're on the worship team, you're uh, cleaning toilets, you're standing up here preaching. It doesn't matter. Just be a disciple. That's what we're called to do. Guys, where there's jealousy, there is no unity. None. We're all one team. We must have unity. We are called to have unity like a family. We're called to love each other like a family. Let's look at 1 Peter 2.8. Finally, all of you should be of one mind, sympathize with each other, love each other as brothers and sisters, be tenderhearted, and keep a humble attitude. That's what we're called to do in this church. Love each other. The power of unity can be so strong with love in the center. You know, you think about sports teams that don't have the talent that another one does, but they go up against them and they face them and they beat them. And I promise you a big part of that is the love they have for one another. They don't want to let the other one down. And that's what a family's like. And that's the kind of love that we have to have at this church. When you have that kind of love, again, unity is so strong that you can accomplish anything that God puts in front of us to accomplish. A good example of this, y'all humor me, okay? Can y'all humor me? Okay, cool. So the way I look at it <clears throat> is like this. This is 20 pencils. This is the major growth that God has put in front of this church. Major growth. And, and the problem is, is one person is not strong enough to break all these pencils. I can't do it. Just so y'all think, I'm going to tell y'all real quick, y'all say I'm weak, but I broke 15 earlier. <laughs> I broke 10, then I broke 15. I was like, okay, we got to go 20. And I kind of feel like I might could. No, I'm not going to try. But here's the thing, guys. I want y'all to think about this. If I give you a task to do, and I give you a task to do, and I give you one, and I give you one, and I give you one, you one man if we start passing out all of these different visions can you break a pencil you kind of small that's what i'm talking about you raised her right you know what i'm saying you one give you what dylan big boy here you get two kelsey one give you one give you one Man, passing out these tasks, this is nice. You know, like, I don't have to do all this stuff. Are you serious? Like, I get some help here, right? You're pregnant, but you can do it. I know you can. 
All kidding aside. God gives us a vision. He gives us a goal. It's big, y'all. I can't do it. Myself and leadership can't do it. But if I can get some people together that love one another in unity, break your pencils. It's a great sound. Mission accomplished. By the way, y'all don't tell Sarah I stole these from the kids' area. Listen, I know that might have been corny, but I want it to stick with you. I mean this. I'm being serious. I want that to stick with you. There is no way that a few of us can accomplish the goal that God's put in front of us. It's going to take a church. It's going to take a church. And this is the biggest part that I need you to catch today. There is no room for jealousy on this team. There's no room for somebody's pride to get in the way and start to destroy things. I'll be honest with you. If you're going to be that way, I'm just being honest. As a pastor, my job is to try and counsel you through that. But if you don't change, we don't want you here. I'm just going to be honest. Because if you're not changing, your pride is taking over. Jealousy is taking over. And we don't need that in this church. Not, it'll get in the way of the plan he has for us for the next three years. Guys, if you know somebody that is this way, that gets jealous, they're upset, they're part of this church, put a stop to it. Tell them. That's just the evil one. If there's no love involved, it's just the evil one. Jealousy, that's all that is, guys. Put a stop to it. This example that I gave you today about jealousy is also, it's also, it's obvious it's a great life lesson. You can take this out of the church. I know I'm talking about church leadership and church unity, but you can take this into the workplace. You can take this into schools. Most importantly, you take this in your home. counseled couples that are jealous of each other and it causes problems in the entire household well the next thing you know the kids are jealous of everything the kids pride start to get in the way take this lesson with you today don't leave it here so so far guys God has had us focus the last two weeks on serving last week this week unity Next week, I am going to reveal a huge part of this vision, guys, that God has in plan for us for the next three years. I am super excited to talk about that next week. I just want to tell you all real quick going through this series, if you miss a sermon, don't worry about it. Still show up. Or you can watch it on YouTube. You can still do that. You can watch it on YouTube. But if you miss it and you didn't get to watch it or anything, don't think that if you don't show up through this series that you're, that you're going to miss something. Every week, God's going to have me preach these sermons, and it'll have something that will relate to today's times, okay? So don't feel like you have to be here for all of them. But I do highly encourage you, if you, are, if you consider yourself a part of this church, I, I would watch them all because the vision's about to be laid out. And I don't want you to get behind, and I don't want you to miss anything. 
when it jumps in front of your face and you're like, where'd that come from? Man, I preached on it three years ago, you know. (laughs) Get the worship team and the prayer team to come up.